Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Cosmic Navigator Show. I think we're number 17 already, but I think I lost count also. So I hope you had a great uh, full moon. And we are going to talk today about something that is happening at the end of the month and beginning of next month uh, related to the chart of United States. And I know that some of you guys may not have been here in the United States or are not from the United States. But as you know, it, we are still kind of influential. And uh, I think that, I don't know if uh, the old saying that if somebody sneezes here, the whole world gets sick. I think that um, <clears throat> the last few years have shown us that there is another uh, country that if they get sick there, everybody gets sick. But I think still it is kind of crucial the same way that I can imagine living in the first, second century CE and living in a place that is maybe outside of Italy <clears throat> or Rome and being very concerned with what is happening with the chart of uh, Rome. So the same thing, we're going to talk a little bit today about uh, the Pluto return that is happening in the chart of United States. And also because whenever we talk about a chart, whenever we talk about any kind of uh, horoscope, you can say, it does affect you as well because you can learn quite a lot of it about your own chart. So we'll try to make everything that we're talking about today kind of relevant also uh, to your own chart. But Let's start off with uh, the chart of United States. I just wanted to um, show it to you maybe because that's going to be a little bit more interesting. Where is uh, the chart of United States? I think it's here. Yes. So this is the chart of United States. As you can see, it is for July 4th, 19, uh, 1776. Now, it is interesting to talk about the chart of the United States because a lot of astrologers believe that it was constructed, meaning, meaning that it was elected. That is a branch in astrology that uh, you might have encountered before. Some people out there that um, are on my list or listening right now, maybe I chose your wedding date. Maybe I actually helped you elect the date you started your business uh, or even decided when to get pregnant. Those decisions about Finding the best auspicious time to do something, to initiate something, is a very prominent part of astrology because astrology is concerned with the law of beginning. And the law of beginning is is maybe one of the most important laws we have, even in speed dating, they use it. The idea that your first impression, the first milliseconds of your interaction with another person can tell you a great deal about the rest of your life together. I mean, that's the basis of uh, speed dating, but it's also the basis of your intuition when you get this gut feeling about a person, about a situation, about a, a house. I remember that when I was looking for a home, there were many places I didn't even have to walk into the house to know that it's not mine. But when I did go through the threshold, through the gateway, that place that is ruled by Janos, the goddess, the god that has two heads, the god of portals, according to the Roman tradition, you sometimes have this feeling and I had this feeling okay this is my house now I have to just figure out how I'm gonna buy it yeah some of you guys visited me and saw my big uh, vagina I mean it's not my vagina it's like a this big amethyst rock that I call my divine vagina to counter all the rest of the more masculine things in my house and I remember I was teaching a class in San Francisco and it was in uh was it in Mountain View? Yeah, there was a big store there. I don't know if they're still there. But when I published my book on Kabbalah, I went to do their uh, book signing. And the minute I walked in, in front of me was this big amethyst. And I knew it's mine. I just didn't know how. Uh, 
it's going to be like the details of how I'm going to actually get it because it was super expensive. But that's the kind of feeling that we get with the law of beginning. So the law of beginning basically tells us that however something started on the circumstances of something that started, that's going to tell you a lot about how it's going to unfold. So that's the same thing with astrology. And that's why when you come to an astrologer, they ask you when you were born and where you were born. That specific moment you landed here can tell us a great deal about how the rest of your life will unfold. And the beautiful thing about astrology is that instead of having a whole book about uh, what's going to happen to you in your life, there is only one page. But if you know how to read that page because of the transits, the progressions, you can see how the past, the present, and the future will look like on the page. That's the beautiful thing about astrology. It's a kind of a, it's a contract, you can say, that keeps shifting and changing and moving. And that's why one page can actually tell us thousands and thousands of pages if you know how to read the moving letters and the moving signs. So according to the law of beginning, the way something started is how it will pan out. And people believe that Benjamin Franklin, who was an astrologer, he was, of course, a Freemason, he studied Kabbalah, so and he was a scientist, he probably have constructed this chart in the constraint that he had, because he had a few days uh, that he knew that that's when United States can be. So it's not like he can decide, oh, I want United States to be uh, a Gemini, and it was July, and we're going to wait now 11 months for it to be a Gemini. So probably he knew that it has to be a Cancer. He didn't have much choice about where Venus is going to be, where Mercury is going to be, because these things move a little bit slower. But he did have a chance of where the moon will be, or, or he had an idea of where the moon can be. And also, the most important thing is the Sagittarius rising, uh, the rising sign that changes every two hours. Of course, he was constricted to the fact that it needs to be in Philadelphia, because that's where um, the declaration happened. And we talked about it around beginning of July. So he actually constructed the best chart possible. You know, this, there is a story about an astrologer in Israel that tried to reach Ben-Gurion, the, the founder of Israel, and tell him, please, please don't declare the state at the time you were planning to do it. Wait a little bit, uh, maybe a day after, maybe a few hours difference. But of course, nobody wanted to listen to him. And unfortunately, Israel got stuck with the chart that he did. And Again, with countries, with businesses, with marriages, it is really important to elect, that's electoral astrology, to elect the right time to do things. So according to the election of Benjamin Franklin, this is the chart of the United States. And the interesting thing about it is that, of course, it is a cancer because July 4th will always fall onto cancer. But the moon, which is the ruler of cancer, is in Aquarius. And in mundane astrology, which is basically the astrology of countries or cities, the moon represents the people. And it's interesting that the moon in Aquarius actually talks about the people in the United States being connected to astrology, to uh, yeah, to Aquarius. Aquarius is actually astrology, but Aquarius is also the future. Aquarius is technology innovation. Aquarius is liberal ideals. Uh, Aquarius is democracy, and the United States is the, the first democracy, you can say, uh, a country that is democracy, not talking about Firenze or other places. And um, or actually now there are some theories that Sumer, the place that astrology came from, also was a democratic society before it became a kingdom. But that's a different story. But anyway, the moon in Aquarius is about the people. People in the United States are being very or are very Aquarius in nature. And the path of the United States has to do with Sagittarius, hence foreign cultures, foreign traditions, teaching, sometimes preaching. And also Sagittarius can be a little bit religious. But 
Overall, what is happening right now is kind of interesting with the chart of the United States. There's a few things that are happening at the same time. First of all, the United States as a country, as a nation, is going through a Pluto return, literally right now. Now, Pluto is a very slow planet. It takes around 250 years to go around the sun. Therefore, it's very, very slow. Even in your own chart, Saturn takes a long time to move from one sign or one house to the other. For example, in your case, a from 2000, from the fall of 2008 is when Saturn moved into Pluto. So 2008 was what? 12 years ago. Was it 12 years ago? Yeah, 12 years ago. More. 14 years ago. So it's 14 years that we also have, we already have Pluto in one sign and it's going to linger until next year as well. So only next year it's moving into Aquarius. So definitely Pluto takes its time to really understand the sign, to understand the house that is traveling in. And therefore, the effects of Pluto or the Pluto return are long-lasting and also take a long time to manifest. So you can say that from 2008, the Pluto return officially started in the United States. And it's going to be also happening throughout this year. It's going to happen also. Uh, we'll talk about the dates in a second. But the idea is that this whole year, 2021 and 22, are governed by the Pluto return. Because as the planet applies, as it's come closer and closer to the uh, touching itself, its effects are getting stronger and stronger and stronger. When it passes, it kind of like uh, goes away. I mean, it left uh, maybe some kind of aftermath, but overall, it, the effects are getting less and less and less. So now the Pluto return is peaking. It's literally happening February 20th to 22nd, which is the peak of it. And again, it's going to be happening three times this year in May, August. But the important thing is that we've already been feeling it from 2008 very strongly and throughout 2021 and throughout 2022. Even the attack on the Capitol could be related to that Pluto return. The big lie could be related to the Pluto return. All that QAnon nonsense could be related to the Pluto return because Pluto talks about uh, the underworld, uh, sometimes processes that happen on the in under the ground. Now, Pluto in Latin comes from Pluton in um, Greek, which means richness. And where does the richness comes to us? The riches comes to us from the earth. So anything that we take from the earth, including our food, including uh, gold and diamond and now petroleum or rare earth for your batteries, whatever we take out of the earth is Pluto's domain. That's why I love the Greek mythology, because it, it personifies and the energies very, or archetypes very, very well. So Pluto, that Lord of the Underworld, is coming out there. Now, I don't like Pluto coming out of the ground because last time he did it, he kidnapped Persephone and forced her to be his wife, uh, giving her pomegranate seeds uh, that made winter happen. I mean, this is a different story. But anyway, Pluto coming out uh, is usually bad news. And now Pluto is resurfacing in a sense, forcing us to really work with our shadow, with our dark side. Now, even if you're not in the United States, even if you don't care about America, even if you are a um, follower of Putin and uh, hate America, it doesn't really matter. I'm, I'm saying America, United States of America, because there's United States of Mexico also, and there's United States of other places. Anyway, the Pluto uh, rearing, rearing his head in a sense out of the earth is affecting all of us right now, especially because at the end of the month, which is happening this week in February 25, 26, 27, we have a cluster of energies in Pluto 
in uh, Capricorn surrounding Pluto, we are going to have Mars, we're going to have Venus, we're going to have Pluto, we're going to have Vesta, we're going to have the Moon, all of them in Capricorn. And that brings up our shadow. You'll see that you look at the mirror and suddenly you look a little bit darker uh, shadows or you might find yourself reacting in a kind of darker way. And darker, I'm not saying evil, but a little bit more heavy, a little bit more skeptical, a little bit more... Um, conservative, you can even say, waiting, looking back at the past too much, uh, dealing a lot with patterns that have happened in the past that you thought you let go of, but they might resurrect. So what's going to happen in the next few days, because there is so much energy in Pluto, and especially because Vesta, Vesta has been in Pluto, and it's an asteroid that does, uh, pay, I do pay, pay attention to it. You see the sign of it is like a flame. It represents the the hearth, uh, the house, the home, the inner fire that you have inside of you. It also talks about very conservative energies because um, if you look at it, what happened, what was going on uh, in Rome with the Vestas and the Virgins of Vestas for thirty years, which is a Saturn return, they were not allowed to be touched or to have sex. If a, a, a woman, a Vesta priestess, was discovered having sex with someone, then they would bury her alive outside of the walls of Rome. And the reason why they buried her alive instead of kill her is because the blood of the Vesta were considered to be sacred and you couldn't spill it. So the best other thing to do to punish somebody for having sex when you're not supposed to is to bury them alive, which totally makes sense because you bring them back to the earth back to Pluto, back to the underworld uh, to be recycled, I guess. But anyway, that Vesta is going to be in Capricorn. Uh, it's been there in February. It's going to be it started, it started in, tw in 12th of January, I think, Vesta to move into Capricorn. And she's going to be there until uh, the beginning of March. Then she's going to move to Aquarius. It's a little bit easier. But when Vesta, which is already traditional, is in Capricorn, which is a very traditional sign anyway, you're going to see a lot of craziness coming up. I heard in Wisconsin now in the United States, um, they're trying to, um, uh, again, uh, go over the elections and try to reinstate uh, Trump as the president. And hopefully they think that other states will follow. So that kind of craziness, that kind of even the revelation by the New York Times about who the Q QAnon original uh, person is all of that could be related to that crazy Capricorn energy in the fact that the uh, Republicans decided or the committee of the Republicans decided that the um, attack on the Capitol was a legitimate discourse of political political discourse all of that represents that Vesta in Capricorn it's the inner flame in Capricorn which can be a little bit over traditional when it's in Capricorn and anyway the end of this month February 25 26 27 we'll talk about it just in a second you see that that energy, that heavy energy is coming back to you. Everything feels a little bit like a swamp. Um, you're going to feel that your inner fire is being a little bit um, extinguished by fear. So the key word for the overload of Capricorn is fear. And remember, we always talked about when you have a lot of energy in one sign, the solution for that sign to contain that sign is in the opposite sign, which is cancer. What is cancer? Compassion. What is cancer? Home and family. Cancer is about feelings. So instead of experiencing the fear is maybe trying to figure out where the fear is coming from and basically having compassion towards that fear because that's the magic of a cancer. But going back to the chart of the United States, right now, United States have instead of one Pluto, two Plutos in the house of money, talents and self-worth. So the money issue of the Pluto return of the United States, we understand it was the um, 
craziness with mortgages, craziness with the housing uh, uh, sector here in the United States, and the, and the Great Recession. So that was happening the minute Pluto moved into Capricorn. That was 2008. And again, it's going to be there until next year, but now is the peak of Pluto sitting on top of itself. I wonder what is the um, um, Sabian symbol. The Sabian symbol from that degree is a large aviary. I mean, yeah, I hope it's not, uh, you know, the... Uh, I hope it doesn't say anything about uh, bird flu, but that's a, they're, they're hopefully not. But anyway, Pluto returned. Pluto on top of Pluto. Two Plutos that the United States have now. We said with the connection to finance, it's, it's already un we understand a little bit more what is that all about. That was the Great Recession and the need to change the way we look at uh, our finance. And maybe it also was the thing that pushed forward the cryptocurrency uh, surge or the ups and downs with that. Because Pluto, again, is other people's money, banking systems. Pluto is power, raw power, the power before it was refined. So all of that is changing. Even what moves this uh, country, the energy uh, behind it is part of that Pluto return. And also, Pluto in the second house talks about the war over values. And I think that that's something that we're seeing here in the United States, been happening for the last maybe four, five, six years, that there is real big arguments or big, big clashes about what is the values of the United States and therefore where is it going to go. And I think that it did influence, maybe not like <clears throat> the the analogy of the sneezing and the sickness, but you saw immediately after what was going on here with the right wing uh, surging up, uh, the same thing was going on throughout Europe. And of course, it's affecting uh, uh, the rest of the world. You can see it happening in China. You can see it happening in India. You see it happening in Israel. So it is that resurging of more conservative energy without Pluto being in Capricorn. Now, of course, Pluto is going to move 2023, 24, 25 into uh, Aquarius, which is completely a different sign. It's the sign of freedom, the sign of equality, the sign of the younger generation. And maybe the Zengis are going to take over. They will in about 10 years. So that would be during Pluto in Aquarius. So again, Pluto return is never an easy uh, period. And especially because Pluto return is opposite to Mercury, which Mercury we talked about before is the god of liars and thieves. That could be why there is so much lies happening uh, around the United States. And of course, it's spread all over in the last six, seven years related to that Pluto return. Now, if we look at the transits to see when the Pluto return is actually uh, peaking, which means that those are the dates that it's officially happening. So like we said, February 20th, July 11 is going to be happening and December 28. So these are the transits of Pluto return. Again, a period of re-examination of the values, re-examinations of uh, power and of course anything to do with money, talents, self-worth. Now, it's not all bad because the double Pluto is actually sending pretty strong energy in United States chart to the house of career. It might mean new leadership, new initiation or new new paths for United States direction. But also what he talks about is new talents. So if we think that United States is very good, I don't know, I'm just give an example in, uh, in uh, social media or or 
tech companies, there could be another source or another talent that is emerging um, that might not even be yet completely understood or completely out in the open. So there could be, you know, who knows, some startups that are happening right now that will completely change the way we look at economy, the way we look at finance, the way we look at even how what United States is contributing to the world. Because for countries, the second house is also the house of what is their contribution to humanity? What are the gifts and the talents that that country or that tribe or that nation specifically has for the rest of the world? And Capricorn in the house of money, talents and self-worth for United States is actually late blooming with these kind of things. Now, the interesting, we'll talk about uh, how different empires had uh, to deal with that Capricorn and uh, with that Pluto return. But besides the Pluto return, what we also have is the Neptune return. Now, the Neptune of the United States, and I like to look at degrees of the planets, and you should look at also in your own chart. When you look at your planets, and I told you, you can go to my website, CosmicNavigator.com, and go under Learn. You will find uh, a, an application that you can do as many charts as you want without the need to send any emails or any kind of uh, signing up or anything. You just can do as many as you want, and it's a very good engine. It tells you where you have all your planets, your houses. So, Look at the numbers that are that the planets are located in your chart because the numbers themselves, you see here, for example, the sun. I'm looking at the sun here. It's the circle with a little dot in the center, 13 degrees Cancer. So don't think about what does it mean, but think about the numbers and try to associate yourself with the numbers of where your planets fall, especially the sun and the moon and your rising sign. So it's interesting that the Neptune of the United States, which is now going through an opposition, is 22 degrees Virgo. 22 is a super important number. And the fact that it's happening in the year 2022 is also very, very important because 22 in numerology is a master number and it's a master builder. So even though the Neptune is opposite to Neptune right now, which is not a very easy time. And again, Neptune is a slow planet. It takes 185 years to go around the sun. Therefore, Last time it happened was in 1858 or so, and that is precisely two, three years before the Civil War. And again, Neptune opposite to Neptune, opposition. You know, opposition always talks about some kind of clash or some kind of being pushed and pulled between different directions. So the fact that it is in 22 Virgo, and now where Neptune is 22 degrees Pisces, it's the opposite sign. It is very significant because even though it's very difficult and it's full of uh, deception and illusions and um, uh, emotional upsets and addictions and lack of boundaries and, and kind of uh, madness and craziness, it's still 22. And 22 is a master builder. So even though it is very tough, it is almost like an anesthesia for an operation because something is being built right now. Maybe that's why they even managed at last to pass the, uh, the bill that, uh, for building or for infrastructure because, again, 22 is the master builder. So for the United States to overcome this opposition of Neptune opposite to Neptune, it is very important to connect to building, to constructing, to to re re reconnecting to the edifice, to whatever the country has as a, a building project. So that is extremely important right now. And the Neptune opposite to Neptune... Um, Again, that is not the easiest aspect. It talks about sometimes clashes around faith versus uh, not faith or the atheist versus believers. You know, it could be from one religion to the other. In general, it causes fanaticism and sometimes it causes 
cultish behavior. So you see it again with the QN and you see it with what's happening with a Republican company, a company, Republican uh, party or some parts of it. You see faith, a lack of uh, a blind faith, you can say, is when Neptune is opposite to Neptune. And of course, this is going to be happening this year. If we look to see the, again, the precise date, I think it's happening now in March 1st, May 1st. Oh, no, it happened last year in May and in August. So you can go back to 2021 because that was the beginning of that uh, period. And the last time it's happening, it's March 1st. So uh, that's good that the last aspect of it is happening in March. After March, it's going to be easier. But that, uh, that closeness of the Pluto return and the Neptune return, only 10 day, uh, Neptune opposition, only 10 days difference, is pretty intense uh, for United States right now. And obviously, the biggest thing that's happening right now, uh, at least politically speaking or, or in foreign, um, foreign issues, is definitely what's happening in Ukraine and Russia. But I think that if we can manage to get it by March and, and over by March, that should be easier. But again, all of this year is governed by the Pluto return. Next year is supposed to be a little bit easier in that sense. And the interesting thing about the Pluto return is that the midterm elections this year are going to fall right during Mars retrograde in Gemini, which is not very auspicious because Mars is war, Gemini is siblings, the twins, and retrograde means that there's going to be a lot of miscommunication, misunderstanding, and you can already expect a big craziness, uh, turmoil happening in the midterm elections here in the United States. Again, not only because Pluto is returning, not only because Neptune is squaring Nep opposite to Neptune, which last time happened before the Civil War, but also because of that Mars retrograde in Gemini, Gemelos. And Gemini is, and Mars is where, in Gemini, is where United States has its Mars. So again, a little bit more tough energy there. And the peak of the difficulties for United States, at least for the people, is next um, year in around February, we're going to have Saturn being on top of the moon. Uh, and the moon again is the people of the United States. So that's the time where maybe some things are happening with the housing market, maybe it's some kind of adjustment, but also it might be a little bit tough on the people themselves or some kind of fixing or correction because Saturn in Kabbalah is the rectifier, it's the fixer. So if we look to see overall what is... Did I prepare for you anything with... Uh, yeah, so first of all, let's see if we have anything specific happening. Yeah, that's the... Uh, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about the Roman Empire. We mentioned the Vesta and the, uh, the virgins of uh, Vesta and... Pluto returns. So Pluto, a lot of people believe that the Roman Empire was created around 27 BCE, 30 BCE. Depends on your um, your school of thought. But the first Pluto return happened to you, the Roman Empire around 216 to 223 CE, which is a, a period that was called the crisis of the third century, where there was a succession of short ruling military emperors that rose really fast and were killed just as fast. Chaos, civilian, civil war, instabilities economic disruption. That was the first Pluto return of the Roman Empire. That's about 250 years after it was established. 250 years later, as you remember, around the 5th century, it, the Caput uh, Roman Empire fell down, the, the Vandals invaded, and that was the end of it. So that was for, uh, United for uh, Rome. 
Uh, in England, if you take the uh, chart of, two th- of 1066, December 25, which was the correlation of uh, William the Conqueror, then the first Pluto return happened around 310, 315. England went through this great famine, um, which t- started off with bad weather in the spring and then resulted in crop failures, a lot of hunger, uh, and a lot of death. And because of that, later on, there was not enough workforce uh, in, in England, which is kind of interesting because it's similar to what is happening now with the great resignation that a lot of companies are experiencing. The second uh, Saturn, uh, Pluto return happened around 1555 to 1561, and it was the time of Queen Elizabeth I, the Virgin Queen, who was named Virgin Queen because she decided to declare herself a virgin, but she actually was also a Virgo. And that was the Golden Age. You remember the Golden Age of William Shakespeare, John Dee, who was an astrologer and alchemist, Sir Francis Drake, who was actually a wizard and also uh, in the occult. So it was a period of time that kind of was initiating the process that 250 years later, uh, around the end of the 18th century, beginning of the 19th century, brought the empire that uh, the sun never sets on. So it's... um, Pretty interesting to follow the path of Pluto, especially for countries, nations, um, because the Pluto of every 250 years is is very significant. Then I looked at Cordova, Cordova in Spain. If you remember, 711 is when uh, the conquest of Iberian Peninsula happened uh, by the Muslims. 756 is when the Umayyad em- uh, Emirate of Cordova. That's the beginning of the Golden Age uh, of uh, Spain, or at least. There were a few golden ages, but that's the golden age where there was a lot of uh, opening to science, a lot of opening to uh, um, wisdom. So that's when the Emirate actually of Cordova started in 785 is the Great Mosque of Cordova was built. Now, if you wait 250 years later, it's the uh, 1009 CE, and that is the civil wars that begin to weaken the the um, the caliphate there and the emirate there that resulted of course in 1236 the mosque is converted into a cathedral in cordova so you see that 250 years cycles are super important the conquest and the creation of the emirate the great um the civil wars that happened 250 years the same thing that happened also in rome and 250 years later the christians conquer uh, the reconquista and the, the the mosque is translate is transformed into a cathedral I actually went to cordova amazing place not recommended during the summer but in february march april may great place to go to and you can see the amazing um, uh, buildings there, especially how the uh, aesthetics of, of Islam converts into the or morphs into the aesthetic of Christianity. It's really, really fascinating. Now, sometimes it's easy to see what is happening in a full Pluto return by looking at half of the return. Half of the return basically means opposition. That's also important in your life. You know that you have your Saturn return happening 27 to 30. That means that you had at the age of 14, 15, which is kind of interesting for men, for women, for women, for men. It is the time where you go through your puberty, your voice changes, uh, you're starting to grow things in your body. Uh, you know, that's the period that is your half Saturn return. So the half Saturn return is basically an opposition of Saturn. So in order to understand what is happening to you 27 to 30, you could look at what was going on at the age of 14, 13, 14, 15. That is the half cycle of a Saturn return, an opposition of Saturn, 
which gives you a lot of clues about what's going to happen in your Saturn return. Same thing happening uh, when you want to know what's going to happen in your 56 to 60 Saturn return. You have to look at the edge of 45 because around 44, 45, 46, whatever is happening there can give you a glimpse of what you need to be working with on your Saturn return 56 to 60. You have another Saturn return, don't forget, at uh, around the age of 88, 90. So you can look at what's happening to you at 75, 74, 75, 76 to know what might be is expected of you when you're having your third Saturn return. So the same thing with Pluto, the half Pluto return, which is, again, um, basically talking about Pluto opposite to Pluto, uh, we had uh, the Great Recession, the Great Depression. We had in the United States the worst dust storm in U.S. history. It was happening April 14, 1935. And of course, there was the rise of uh, fascism uh, all over the world. But of course, it almost grabbed the United States as well. So again, half return was happening in 1930s. Again, it can tell us a little bit about what's happening uh, with us right now. The Neptune return happened in May 1st, August 2021, and March 1st, the next time of um, 2022. So again, it happens to everybody, this Neptune opposition around the age of 80, right? 165 is a full return. Therefore, divided into two, you have around 80. So around the age of 80, all of us are going through Neptune opposite to Neptune, which is sometimes a reduction of the immune system because Neptune is ruled by, rules the immune system. So you always have to be aware of 79, 80, 81 to boost your immune system as much as possible for those two, day, for two three, four years. And the last time it happened for United States, like we said, this opposition was 1857, 1858. There was a big earthquake in central California, 7.9. And, and it's kind of interesting because Neptune, even the god Neptune, was sometimes associated with earthquakes. So actually, he was always associated with earthquake. Now that I think about it, mythologically speaking, so Neptune uh, or Poseidon, the god of the ocean, which is kind of interesting because a lot of the earthquakes happen in the ocean because the ocean covers 71% of the uh, uh, surface of the world, but also because of the tectonic plates that are happening there. So big earthquakes, also a possibility. And there was the Supreme Court of the United States that ruled that blacks are not citizens and slaves cannot sue for freedom. Uh, that means that they drove the country even further deeper into the American Civil War. And that kind of uh, the ruling wasn't um, it wasn't overturned um, until the 14th Amendment in 1868. So it's kind of interesting. That's when the Supreme Court decided that black people cannot uh, sue for freedom because they're I don't know what they're not people. I don't know. Then October 13, uh, there was um, uh, October 13 of 57 was the big panic. Uh, New York banks actually closed for two months, all the way from October 13th to December 12th. Uh, they basically decided the panic is too much. Let's, let's just close the damn place down. March 4 was a very famous speech by James Henry Hammond. Uh, basically, the mud seal theory, which basically talked about, listen, guys, he, he, he spoke about it like that. Listen, guys, there's always going to be a level or, or a segment of society that have to do menial work, a work that nobody else wants to do. So it doesn't really matter if it's going to be the slaves or somebody else. So why free the slaves? And somebody needs to do it. They might as well just do it and keep calling them slaves. So 
that was all going again there. I told you it's a little bit of conservative energy. It's Neptune opposite to Neptune. It's beliefs. It's crazy faith and crazy beliefs. The same way that people that actually read the Bible and read Moses and read about liberation of the slave and how terrible Pharaoh was. And in the same case, they could go to Sunday, you know, in Alabama to their church and then come back to their uh, plantation with a lot of slaves and not feel any kind of dissonance or any kind of problems. I think that when you have Neptune opposite to Neptune or any major planet opposite to each other, it creates more cognitive dissonance because the planets are doing it. It's an opposition. Hey, Neptune is here. Oh, Neptune is here. How can they be in two places? The same way that how can I have two thoughts in my head that are completely contradicting each other and still be sane? So that's probably what happens a lot of time when there is Neptune opposite Neptune, Pluto opposite Pluto, whatever planet is opposite, maybe in our charts also, when we have an opposition of a major planet, we are more prone to cognitive dissonance, which is definitely happening in the United States, uh, around the world actually, for the last few years. This is the symbol of Vesta. I love that symbol. It looks like uh, the flame because don't forget Vesta was the goddess of the hearth, the goddess of the flame. And we call it the inner flame. So if you want to look in your chart to see where you have that spark of God, whether you have your inner flame, you should look for your Vesta again every two months or so. It moves around. And February 25 to 27, like I told you, it's happening this week. We're going to have Venus, Mars, the moon, Pluto, and Vesta all in Capricorn. When there's so much Capricorn, I told you there's a leak towards the opposite sign, which is Cancer. And that talks about connecting much more to your home. And it's kind of interesting. It's very symbolic that Vesta is associated with the home. So this week is not a bad time to retreat back home, to do some innovation or renovation in your home, uh, to do some fixing, either emotionally or, or, or practically with your or construction with your home. Because again, Capricorn is all about construction. So the inner flame is now in Capricorn. So your inner flame is in the archetype that is associated with your career, success, recognition, your status in your community. Also, it is giving you the flame of the divine for being patient, meaning long-term goals are now favored in general because of that Capricorn energy. The minute we're going to move more into Aquarius, which is going to happen in a while, in a few weeks, it's going to be much, much Things are going to move much faster. We already are, in a sense, in Pisces, which is a little bit more of a slower sign. But still, um, it is actually not too bad that all of those planets are in Capricorn. We'll see it in a second. And that we are in Pisces right now because Pisces is a water sign. It's the holy water. And Capricorn can become the holy grail. So that we have the holy grail, the container, the chalice, and the energy of the holy water combined together. So that's actually working pretty well. So if there are projects that you are looking to manifest in the next year or so, this is not a bad time. Especially it's going to peak in March 2nd, where we're going to have the new moon in Pisces. And the new moon in Pisces is super important, especially for your new resolution, even though you might have forgotten about them, because this is a great time. It's going to be uh, the first new moon on March 2nd outside this year, outside of any kind of retrogrades. So again, if you forgot your new year resolution, which totally makes sense, because according to statistics, 80% of people stop their new year resolution by February 15. And I can definitely tell you, as somebody who's been going to uh, the gym regularly, that in, in January when I went there, I was, you know, right when I came back from my trip, I was come like, well, who are all these people? There was lines uh, to machines in the gym. And I was like, either 
some gym closed nearby and everybody comes to my gym or all right it's january it's the new year resolution and like a clock and like uh, statistics right in Je- in february 15 when i went to the gym it was completely empty when i came back from esalen completely completely empty uh, all of the resolutions were destroyed and the gym is back to normal. So I'm sure the same thing is with yoga classes. I'm sure the thing, same thing is Pilates classes or any kind of places where people come up with their new resolution and then just give up on it. So middle of February is when 80% lose hope or lose their energy behind the new year resolution so again march 2nd if you dropped it march 2nd a big swell of energy you can reconnect to what you want to work on and start focusing on it much more but again february 25 to 27 a lot of fears might come up a lot of feeling of insecurities let's call it insecurity so it's going to be actually interesting what you could do on the night of the 25th 26 27 you know you especially because now we're in pisces so the dream quest is very very strong just ask your dreams for clarity about my insecurities you know what i'm going to dedicate these three days 25 26 27 to find out what are my insecurities that are still there still lingering still uh, causing some kind of problems for me and then i'm going to promise to actually focus on them or to um, work on them much more so again 25 26 27 really focus on allowing these insecurities to come through maybe through certain people saying certain things to you maybe through certain situation it's almost like you're opening yourself to experience my insecurities only for three days it's like an operation okay i'm willing for you guys to open uh, my chest and uh, fix my heart but uh, just for a few hours okay don't leave it open there for so the same thing with your insecurities allow them or your fears allow them to come the 25th 26 27 you are protected because it is astrologically acknowledged or let's say you got a note from your astrologer that it's okay to be afraid for three days don't plan too many important things around that time unless it's for long-term projects and then it's great and focus on allowing these things to come up so you can fix them one thing i wanted to um, remind you of is uh, the omega we're gonna do with laura day and um, Corey thomas and betsy murphy and jesse and nancy winston winston which i had the great pleasure to uh, meet in esalen we're gonna do a benefit for omega omega institute has been there for many many years it's upstate new york not too far from Rhineback. Uh, you can actually stay in other places while you take this class we made it very very affordable and it is all a benefit for omega because it's been an institution that really taught quite a lot of healers that probably spread their healing all over i did my past lifetime regression training with brian weiss and got to know him personally there in omega so for me it's kind of bringing back something to the school that helped me connect to past lifetime regression therapy which i've been doing for years now since then so we're going to do that may 30th 29 until june 3rd and please join us you can go to my website and click on it or you can or i'm going to put it also on the email i send you guys with all the information there but on cosmicnavigator.com you'll see the information and we also added um, a class for the power of your name if you're in los angeles right on the equinox and we'll talk about what the equinox means and for those of you who can attend it on the 21st i'm going to do the the year the week the monthly sorry a zodiac class because every month as you know we've been doing the class to um, the sign that is coming up and the next one is on march 21 on the equinox which is going to be on aries 
that is, I think, all of the announcement. Yeah, and we started uh, planning for um, in London. I'm also already going to have a class if you guys in London, but it's going to be also online about the Bible uh, and the stories of the Bibles and how they can actually make sense for us today. Let's look at what is happening this week. So this week... Um, this week is kind of interesting because of the shadow I told you about. Uh, where are we? February 20th, 2022. Today's February 20th? Oh, wow. So today's February 20th. Gee, I didn't put it together. Uh, sorry, I just put 0220. Yeah, so I remember I told you that it's kind of interesting that we decided two years ago to do this, embark on this journey of doing this uh, Sunday classes uh, on 10 o'clock in the morning Pacific Standard Time. But uh, I always told you that crazy things always happen on Sundays, the eclipses, the new moons, the full moons, uh, special occasions, astrological craziness. And I didn't even notice that it's today that the um, uh, Pluto return is happening. Hmm. Anyway, today we are on the first day of Pisces, and this means that the next 30 days are, in, are, are basically focused on or dedicated, let's say it's dedicated, that's a, be a better word, for Pisces. So every 30 days or so, we are moving to a different sign, kind of like moving into a, a different archetype, a different color, a different frequency, which is really a beautiful way of looking at how by following the path of the sun, we basically experience all the 12 archetypes, all the 12 colors, all of the 12 tones in the music scale. It's like we are constantly changing the clothes that we're wearing in order to really assimilate the archetypes and balance them in us. And now we're entering the last sign, Pisces, the 12th sign, the multicolored sign. And in the class yesterday that I did on Pisces, I explained that the, the way we talked about it here many times, that the way the zodiac works is that every sign is, is adding to the sign that came before, that every sign is built upon the sign that came before, the same way that uh, intellectual giants always say that they stand on the shoulders of other giants, and that's how it always works. So, same thing with Pisces. People ask, why is Pisces such a complicated sign? Why are they so confused? Why don't they know who they are? Why do they have these uh, self-destructive tendencies? Why do they sleep so long? Why do they dream because it is necessary. That's completely what this last archetype, the 12th sign, represents. It's all of the signs accumulated together in it. No wonder it's confused because it has the Aries inside of him, which is a, a war uh, sign. And then it has Libra inside of it, which is a peace sign. So no wonder they're confused. Um, also, the self-destruction is, is uh, the self-destructive tendencies come from the idea that Pisces wants to let go of their ego in order to join the one because Pisces is the sign of mysticism. And to do that, you have to undo yourself. But if the Pisces is not ready for that, it becomes self-destructiveness, hence escapism, hence drugs and addictions. So once you get deep into a sign, you really understand not only the members of the signs, but also that period of time, that real estate, that zodiacal real estate in the year. So now we are all more prone to self-destructiveness. So a lot of patterns, that's why I warned you about the 25, 26, 27 of February, even though it's all happening because of the Capricorn influence, still Pisces talks about self-destructiveness. So these insecurities could cause more self-destructiveness or more escapist behavior, either to screen time or to TV or to alcohol or to work or to drugs or to sex, whatever is your favorite um, escape route. 
So again, during Pisces, it's not only about, oh, I'm not a Pisces, I don't care. No, you are traveling with us here and now we are entering the uh, age of one month of Pisces and in this period, you are a Pisces. It's the same when, when you visit Rome, behave like a Roman. When you're in Pisces, behave like a Pisces. So again, mystical energies, heightened. Your ability to perceive things, intuition, to become a medium, to, to channel, heightened. Uh, your empathy towards people, again, heightened. Anything to do with dance, movement, meditation, really strong. But Dreams as well. But you have to be a little bit careful, especially because Jupiter is also in Pisces, Neptune in Pisces. The two rulers of Pisces are now in Pisces with the sun. So there's definitely a lot of Piscean energy. So if you think about this week, we have 30% of the chart in Pisces, and then we have 40% of the chart in Capricorn. Therefore, 70% of your chart is between Pisces, the believer, and Capricorn, the skeptic. So it's kind of an interesting duality. But that being said, Pisces is literally the holy water because Pisces is all about faith and belief. And Capricorn is the chalice, the container, the vessel that can hold space for it. So what do we have uh, tomorrow? Tomorrow we have the moon in Scorpio as the sun in Pisces, Jupiter in Pisces, Neptune in Pisces. It's a very beautiful energy because the moon in Scorpio is all about passion, intimacy, sexuality, transformation, very strong energy of healing, and it sends a beautiful energy to the sun. Tomorrow on the day of the moon, there's something beautiful happening something good something that combines your masculine and feminine energy mother and father are walking together in front of the kids happy into the sunset kissing and the kids feel safe at least today mommy and daddy are not going to get divorced so there is this feeling of kind of union between the light and the dark between the night and the day and as you can see the cluster of capricorn that i'm talking about is venus mars vesta and Pluto, and now Venus, Mars, and Vesta are all together. That's you can take uh, the masculine and feminine energy, Venus and Mars, but they're also united by the Virgin, the Vesta Virgin, which basically means the inner fire we talked about. That's a concept of connecting to your fire, to your uh, strength, to your inner guide. And that's, again, in Capricorn. So it might be slow to get to you. And because Pluto is there as well, we talked about it, major transformation, especially in relation to relationship. And that's going to be even stronger when Venus and Mars come closer and closer and closer uh, to Pluto. So again, Moon in Scorpio, great day for healing, great day for transformation. No oppositions tomorrow, which is really good. It means that most of your problems are caused by your head. Uh, then on um, February 22nd, which is a Tuesday, we're having a little bit more opposition because the moon is opposing Uranus. That talks about a little bit more difficulty with family members, women, bosses, or women might have a hard time expressing themselves. Or your emotions can come out a little bit too intense, a little bit too difficult, a little bit too blunt in a way. But the moon is still sending beautiful energy to Neptune. Again, watch your dreams. Anything to do with dreams, imagination, photography, cinematography, creating the image of something. And creating the image of something doesn't mean that you take pictures or selfies. It could be that you're writing something that's based on something else. It's almost like making a copy, but in a more imaginative way. So the Ju Jupiter is coming again closer and closer to Neptune. As it does that up until the spring, it's going to bring us more and more closer to our inner mystical side, especially with look at all these beautiful blue lines from the north node, south node, north node, the moon, all of them very emotional energy 
uh, sending really good energy to the Sun, Jupiter, and Neptune. That's really positive. And also, the North Node is now 26 degrees Capricorn, uh, Taurus, sorry, we talked about it, and it's sending beautiful energy to Pluto. So again, even though there is a lot of karmic energy right now, the North Node actually, which is the dragon, tells us that some of it is actually very, very positive and very good. Then on Wednesday, we still have the moon in Scorpio, but it's on the border on the cusp with being with Sagittarius. It's sending actually still pretty good energy to Neptune. So anything to do with dreams, like we said, Tuesday and Wednesday will be very good for you. And it's generally now a time to flow. You know, people ask me in the class on 2022 how to manage that movement between Jupiter to Pisces until May and then into Aries until October, then back into Pisces until December, then back to Aries for next year. And they're different archetype. But when Jupiter is in Pisces, which is now up until May, it's more about surrender, let go, release and flow, not resistance, not so much resistance, allowing things to just go, letting go of things, let it be, as uh, Mother Mary uh, tells us. Then in May until October, when Jupiter moves to Aries, we'll talk about it, then you go into action, much more flow, much more energy moving forward and doing a lot of things. Then again, from October until November, especially because Mars is retrograde, a little bit more flowing. So right now, because we have so much energy in Pisces, uh, it's about letting go. It's about flowing. It's about acceptance. It's about release. It's about empathy. If we look at um, Thursday, February 24, the moon is shifting into Sagittarius, and that's more about action, movement. It is more about uh, connecting to foreign cultures, foreign traditions, traveling, education, learning, teaching, mass media. And the moon is sending beautiful energy to Chiron. So Thursday is a great day if you want to do acupuncture or want to do some kind of healing or want to do some kind of teaching. That's a great day to do that. Uh, the moon and Chiron sending such powerful energy to each other. The moon is a little bit squaring uh, Jupiter, so be careful not to over-love, smother, do too much, try too much. Um, be careful of that tendency because there's going to be a lot of emotional leaks uh, happening there. Uh, and, and, and it's not the best thing. So just be a little bit careful. But the moon is sending beautiful energy to Mercury and to Saturn. So there's a good connection between emotions and intellects, between your feelings and your words and your thoughts. And still, this week, we don't have that many opposition, which is a great time for moving things forward. Not only we don't have any retrogrades, we also don't have any opposition, meaning that those planets that we talked about that are creating the dissonance are not present right now. We're going to have to wait until uh, a little bit later. Again, Friday, there is a little bit of an opposition between the black moon and the light moon, or you can call it between the moon and Lilith. So there could be some um, somebody showing their true face, which is not very uh, beautiful, a little bit ugly face, you can say. So there's a little bit of a difficult energy there, especially for women or with women or in a group of women. Uh, again, family members might be acting a little bit uh, strange around that time. It's not as bad because the, the black moon is getting good energy from Saturn, but still to watch it a little bit. And there is a, a kind of, uh, I don't know, there is still getting Mars and Venus are, as you can see, they're stepping right next to each other, like literally walking hand in hand. And the North Node is blessing them. So what you can say that this week and next week are going to be very dominant is karmic relationship meaning that you're going to meet maybe people that you haven't talked to for a long time this from this lifetime past life past lifetime coming back into your life there is something about karmic relationships in work in life 
with um, anybody that so anybody that you meet new or haven't seen for a long time will look familiar. There's some kind of an energy of, like I said, karmic relationship, which is very strong, especially because on Friday and Saturday, Mars is going to be with Venus right on top of Vesta. That energy we talked about as the inner flame. Then in Saturday, we talked about it, February 26, 27, I think. In uh, 20, yeah, 26, 20, 20, depends where you are in the world, but let's be for sure. We're talking about Saturday and Sunday. So the weekend, next weekend is that time of that shadow. So it's perfect. You don't have uh, too much work to do at that time, hopefully. And then you can actually really allow your insecurities to come in. So again, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that will be the time we're going to have a cluster of energy of Pluto, Mars, Vesta, Venus, and the moon, all of them in Capricorn. So it's going to be a lot of emphasis on Capricorn because the Sun, Jupiter, and Neptune is in Pisces is not as bad. So it gives us a space, a safe space to really discover our insecurities and to overcome them. Let's look if there's any uh, questions um, for the United States. No, no, no. The Vesta, Ven Venus, Moon, Mars, and Pluto are in Capricorn for the whole entire world. Even the penguins in Antarctica, uh, everybody is going to have to deal with that. That's just uh, what I talked about, the Pluto return that happens every 250 years, specifically for United States. Um, March to, to recommit to resolutions, March 2nd. So we're going to talk about it still. It's going to be March 2nd. It's the new moon in uh, Pisces. Thoughts about Russia-Ukraine situation, how the world will be involved and affected. I mean, I think that this is, um, we talked about it, I think, three weeks ago when we looked at the charts of Russia and the chart of Ukraine. Uh, they're both going through a very pivotal uh, time. And I think that what's happening is that the world is starting to understand better after many, many, many years how to deal with uh, Putin. And I think that that's one of the reasons why so far there hasn't been any attack because I think that he got himself to a place where he really doesn't know what to do. But anyway, I think that um, for now... It seems to be going okay. I was a little bit more concerned last week with the full moon. That was a little bit more uh, intense uh, on the Wednesday. But it's, again, a little bit difficult with um, uh, charts of countries like Ukraine and like Russia because Ukraine is such an old country. And yet to tell and yet to put a chart for her for 1991, which was when she got freed from the Soviet is okay, but it's almost like not completely uh, the right chart for the country. The same thing with Russia. Uh, so that's why it's a little bit tough with certain countries. You know, countries like Israel, it's very easy. This is the date it was declared, and that's it. Uh, for 2,000 years, there was nothing in Israel that can be called Israel. But for places like England, like I told you, uh, or, or United States, it's very easy to do a chart. But for England, France, Russia, those are countries that are a little bit harder. Um, red shirt. Yeah, thank you. Um, maybe I'm trying to be a little bit uh, communist so people don't say that I'm uh, biased. Um, I, numerology class online. I think I did one, but um, I'll do another one. Uh, I'll definitely, it's a good idea. Let's do it in the spring. Um, let's see. Cordova. Cordova, you have to go to Cordova. It's one of my favorite places in uh Spain, I might be biased because I felt like I walked there in Sevilla and Cordova 
were both capitals, so they kept moving back and forth, um, really touched me in Spain. And also Toledo, to be honest. And Madrid. Um, not that I hated Barcelona, but Barcelona didn't really uh, do too much to me. It felt something a little bit off there. Um, let's see. Sibling, potential conflict. My brother just connected to his bio family and will be meeting a large group of bio sibling. How can I support him and navigate? Don't take it personally. You know, I think that the important thing about... Um, you know, him discovering his new family. I told you, there's a little bit of that opposition of the moon opposite to the moon, the black moon opposite to the light moon this week. This week. Uh, try not to feel a, a competition or try not to feel like it's against you. He's trying to understand himself. Sometimes what happened, I've noticed it with a lot of my clients, they move to that family and then return back uh, to their original family, realizing that karmically speaking, even though we share our genes, we don't necessarily share our souls. So we always have to remember that. Um, Sevilla is a Pisces town, maybe because of the river. Could be. What was the day the Jupiter moving out of Pisces? May. So in May, it's going to move out. It's going to come back in October 27, I think. And then it's going to come um, and then it's move to Aries. Well, thanks a lot, guys, for uh, joining us uh, today. I wish you an amazing shadow, an amazing difficult time. <laughs> I mean, that's a great quote. Amaze, have an amazing difficult time. You know, it's like in Yom Kippur, a lot of time, you know, it's a day that you're supposed to suffer and fast and everything. Um, they tell you have, a, have an easy fast, but the whole idea about Yom Kippur is to suffer. So what is the idea of having an easy fast? It's kind of stupid. What is, so don't fast. That will be the easiest, you know. But anyway, have an amazing, uh, terrible time. And um, hope uh, if you're in the United States that Pluto doesn't land on your head. You know, it's like a spacecraft that needs to land someplace. So hopefully it's not going to land on you or anybody you love. Uh, maybe it will land in the middle of the ocean or in the middle of the desert on some... Um, um, on nothing. That's probably the best. Have an amazing week again, and we'll meet next week and talk about um, uh, the new moon that is going to be coming in Pisces. So don't forget to do a lot of work with your dreams and allow the shadow a, a little visit. Bye-bye. <laughs>